Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, welcome to Chief Concerns. Another week, another look at the hot topics of the offseason. We're here with our hosts, former tight end Jason Dunn and former cornerback Eric Warfield. Today, we're getting into the latest rumors and potential movement we'll be seeing throughout this offseason. We saw some today. But before we get into that, we got the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My my, my favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys in the show, but Dante was my guy. <laughs> Appreciate that, my man. Appreciate that. It, it was funny, too. Uh, when, I, when I was younger, uh, going into youth league, my first year ankle biters, I remember uh, coach asked me what position I wanted to play. I, I didn't know any better. I go, I want to be a, a kick returner. Like, oh, okay. We'll, we'll get you to do that. But what position do you want to play? I was like, nah, I just, I just want to be a kick returner like Nate Hall. <laughs> <laughs> you ever take one to the house? I did in high school. And, uh, one, one in youth league and one in high school. Okay. Okay. Touchdown, Vienna. Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had an, I had another one, but they called it back because uh, there was a block in the back, so they they brought back the, the twenty. So, but only, only one counted. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> but uh, no, so Dante, it's great having you on. All of our guests have been you know calling in and saying they wanted you wanted you on the show. Uh, all our comments saying get Dante on, get Dante on. So you know, just to have your just kind of have your input on the season. When I, I talk to Eric and JD every week about uh, what the comings and goings of the Chiefs. But obviously, you know, we suffered the loss a couple of weeks ago. What was your kind of takeaway from, from the game that we saw? I expected to lose only because I thought it was going to be a tough task being down three starting offensive linemen going against that defense. That defense was hot at JPP, Shaq Barrett. So I expected to lose. I didn't expect it to be such a blowout. Such a, I didn't expect it not to be a good game. And that's number one. And I didn't expect, in my opinion, for us to get out coached. Mm. So going into the game, I felt like this is going to be a tough challenge. Like, you don't just go out there with backup offensive linemen and think you're going to, you know, go against a Ty Bowles-led defense, a hot defense that had just stopped two Hall of Famers. So I expected that. But, yeah, like I said, man, I, I didn't expect it to be a non-contested ball game and to be out coached. That, that was what shocking to me well yeah and uh this week actually uh, i don't know if you guys saw that uh, uh what's his name uh not levante david the other backer right Devin white Devin white yeah. he was saying they were surprised too that they didn't he said everyone wants to blame it on the old line but he goes we were surprised there was they didn't try to help in the uh the old line there, there was no added blockers in there that they didn't try to switch up anything i mean jd you kind of you kind of know you you alluded to that uh last week but what um you, what did you say jd what was your take I was just saying that, you know, it, it's hard. I said the hardest thing to put together, especially in two weeks, is is a, a offensive line. You know, I mean, you just can't. You guys got to play the whole year together. I mean, you had to be on the same page. And so, you know, with this, even if you don't keep like an extra tight end in or, you know, running back kind of chip, 
you know, you're still going against one of the top defenses or top pass rushers. And that's why I was telling, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't think that Tampa had a, a good defense, man. But I said, he jokes with, yeah, I know it. I know it. Hey, look. I said, what, look, you what, guys. What, what game were you watching? Did you not see what happened against Drew Brees and, and Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> Thank you. The, the front seven is good. I, ain't gonna, I told y'all that. I told you that, and I told J.D. that. Front seven is good. They don't have a good secondary. And I just figured, like, even with that front seven being as good as they are, our receivers, tight end, our quarterback, we got better playmakers to, to outplay your front seven. That's true. And it's just, a, yeah, now, now you're right. Mentally, we got our coach. I feel like, you know, Andy Reid's son and his incident mentally probably played into that. Us being the entire time practicing in Kansas City and not in Tampa probably played into that. So there's a whole lot of stuff. And, you know, even the offensive line being out played into that. So mentally, I see us getting outplayed. But for them to come and play the way that we played, that they played, and they shut us out for a touch, no touchdowns, no, ain't no, no way. I, I didn't expect that either. You're right. This secondary is not, you know, the most talented or the best secondary. But with that front seven, this man can't even, on a five-step drop, on step four, he's scrambling. On a seven-step drop, right. which it takes to get to beat those DBs, yeah. he's scrambling on, on step five. So that front seven, although <laughs> – they were great in the back end, wasn't that front seven? You know, in hindsight, you know, in hindsight, having a good front seven. Look, look, in hindsight, no more than anybody. But, but you know, I told E this. I said, E, if you knew that the ball had to be released in four seconds, you had to just couple guys in four seconds. You ought to win. You you know where. So if you sit there, you know, look, we running routes right to get into our wrap. Everything that we do was on time and you know, offense. And so we know that with the Chiefs offense. It was a lot of deep, it was deep routes. So they didn't really have nothing quick. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and I was just thinking, when we play teams like this, E, what we would do when we had a Tampa-based style defense, they used to take you on the first play, J.D., and run a wham, run a crack, to let that, that defensive end know you ain't going to just be rushing up field all day. We right. would throw a quick screen to me. We would do a lot of things to, mm -hmm. you know, kind of offset that pass rush to that front seven. And that's one of the reasons I say, man, we kind of got our coach because we really didn't run the ball. Our screen game sucked. Our draw game sucked. Like, we wasn't taking the quick hits. We still trying to be explosive Kansas City Chiefs football team. And that just wasn't what the game plan was that day. We needed to change up and yeah. take oh, I agree. what they gave us. I agree. That's why I said it's something mentally. Like, yeah. they were affected by a whole lot going into it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, a lot and of I think they was overconfident, too. Yeah, but it, but it, it, that is true. But like like you said, going case in point, Ty Bowles, man, is a, is a brilliant defense coordinator. And so, you know, you're just going to do the same thing you did to him the first time. And and, and, and not to mention, uh, like, he was, like he was talking about before, if you're sitting back here and, and Patrick Mahomes is running for his life, he's running for his life. You don't run the football. You're not running the football effectively. Look, I don't care. You look. We we said this, and it's the old moniker. Look, offenses uh, they sell tickets, right? But defenses win championships. The defense showed up for this game. That's that's what it was. It, they showed okay. up. A ego was involved too. We felt like we gonna go. We gonna get downfield. We gonna get Easy. our plays, and Easy. we kept trying and kept trying, and that just wasn't the move. Not not that day. Yep. Now, now Dante, you're an expert in in all things uh, returning and special teams. Well, if you go on Chiefs uh, Kingdom on, on Twitter and stuff and just see the kind of slander that Michael Harden has been getting this year, uh, I mean, what is your what is your take on him? I know a lot of people say, oh, he's scared to return the ball. He's had a lot of plus. He's scared to return on punt returns. That's been a lot, a lot of stuff that you can see on Chiefs Kingdom. They're always talking about this stuff on Twitter about how, you know, he's, he looks scared out there. What's your expert opinion when you watch Michael Harden? 
Um, you know, he's definitely the type of returner that he's a straight line returner. So if a, if, if a lane is not there, the blocking is not there, he's not going to be able to really create on his own. So, you know, with him making a Pro Bowl as a rookie year, that's a target. Like, now teams are going to come at you. That's kind of what happened to me. I started doing my thing. Now teams are actually going to get up, scout you, check out your tendencies, all these different things. And that's what made Devin so great. That's what made Dion so great. A great returner is a person that can make something happen when the blocking breaks down. And nine times out of 10, you're not going to have perfect blocking. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So for me, I don't think he's scared. I just think, you know, He's more straight that, away. Yeah, he's straight away. And if, if it's nothing there, then he can't do he can't. He's not going to be able to do much. That's not his game. What, what, what do you think about his decision-making? I, I said a lot of decision-making he made, man. He, he made a lot of just He fumbled a lot back there because he would just make some bad decisions. Man, yeah. that big one that almost cost us against Buffalo. Uh, things yeah. like that. That's just – and decision-making is part of uh, being a great returner. You got to know when to, you know – Catch it on the five and not catch it on the five. You got to know when to let it drop and or when to take a chance. That's another thing, too. Sometimes yeah. you got to make a decision now at this point in the game, field position and all these things. Now's the time to go catch one with the gunners two yards from me. Yeah. So, but but that's think, also, Dante, you know, your, you know your talent, though. So, you know, if you catch this ball on this 10-yard line and you got I'm, – I'm, I'm Dante. I'm, I can't, this ball is coming my way. I got two gunners coming my way. I know what I can do to avoid those two. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make y'all miss no matter what. I ain't worried about y'all too. Exactly, exactly. He ain't got that confidence yet. Now the thing about this, E, what you're talking about as far as what I had, that didn't come until let me see, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003. Four years into my career, I developed that. This man is you year two. I know he had the fast success as a rookie making a Pro Bowl, but he ain't seen it all yet. He ain't, he ain't had four years of experience that I had when I had my breakout year. So what I would say to those Twitter heads and Chiefs Kingdom, people that's bashing them. I didn't become the X Factor, the human joystick until year three, year four. It took me a while to gain this knowledge. So be a little patient with him. I think, you know, he has one of the best special teams coaching tops, tubes, whatever his name is. And uh, maybe next year he can he can be better. I thought he was great yeah. his first year. Last year he definitely took a step back, but at the same time. And, and I ain't trying to knock him. You know, I'm just saying, shit, he hasn't. He hasn't matured to that that level of confidence yet to where yeah. he can foresee shot uh, and, those and returns. He, and it's hard returning kicks and being consistent in the NFL, man. It's hard. It's, it's not easy, especially they're not practicing. Think about all the uh, mispractices they had because of COVID and all these different things. But I'm not ready to uh, give up on them yet. You know. No, not not at all. Now, Dante, I know we have we have five minutes with you left, but. Uh, Talk to us about who are your top, who are your personal top five return men of all time? You want it in order or just any five? I we, we can go and work from five to one, yeah. Five to one, okay. Five, I would probably start number five with Brian Mitchell. Four, I would go Cordell Patterson. Oh, okay. I put myself in the three slot. I got Dion in the number two slot. And I got D uh Hester, the disrespectful Hester <laughs> in the number one spot. <laughs> That's my order. And I got a lot of other guys. The dramas, the Eric Metcalf. Yeah, Metcalf. I mean, Eric Metcalf was a beast. Um, we got Rick Upchurch. That's the thing. When you start making this list, you got to leave great ones off. So this is all opinionated, right? At right, the end right. of the day, we all did our things. We all were bad boys. Belgrade. 
high uh, De- Desmond uh Howard. You can go yeah. on. even people like Eric. Did you play against Napoleon Kaufman? Yep. Ooh, a beast. That dude was nice. Beast. <laughs> so hey, and another one I own. Shit, Tamar Vanover was nice. Yeah, see. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, the cheetah. Like he would have been a beast if he wasn't an every down uh every down uh receiver. So you can, you can you're gonna leave some great ones off. There's a lot of people that deserve to be on that, but that's my personal top five for, for different reasons. Brian Brian Mitchell, the longevity. Yeah, Cordell Patterson is yeah. just a beast. Like he be beasting. He's like beast the beast mode of uh, returners. Um, and then obviously myself, I feel like I was a bad boy, and I like I put Dion ahead of me. Here's why, because and E, you can attest to this to go be the number one cover guy. Man to man on an island, playing the best receiver uh, receivers week in and week out. Then you got to go after chasing these fools on a nine route, a post route, you know the run game. Then you got to go back and return a kick. And Dion yeah. was second to none when it came to that. That's why I put Dion ahead of me because you know I I, I played about 25, 30 snaps on average on offense, right? Dion out there playing every single yeah. down. The go man, and then he went and did what I did. Yeah, that's why I put Dion ahead of me. I tell you what, and, and, like that logic, good logic. It's I great. Like. And I'll tell you this: Look, I, I came down to cover Dion on the punt a couple times, a few times, right? And I'm gonna tell you this quick story. So it was on Monday Night Football. We down there in Dallas this is when he's playing for Dallas. So he's going down, you know, catches the punt. So I'm coming, you know, I'm at the tackle position. I'm, I'm widening out, and I'm sitting. You know, he starts his little skip. So he's, he starts the outside. I'm like, look. Dion's fast, but I know I'm fast too, right? I'm like, look, I know I'm fast. So, Monday Night Football, I know everybody's watching. So, here, I'm hawking him right here. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got it. Going to the sideline. Man, I get the back tackling. Yeah! I just, oh, Billy Davis took me right up off my feet. Hit me right up. Depleted. I depleted. (laughs) Right on their sideline against the Cowboys. I'm laying on the field, right? And you just see the whole sideline like, oh, yeah, woo. Charles, uh, uh, Charles Haley wasn't playing at the time. He, he was hurt. He's looking, he's like, done. I look up at him, he's like, ooh. I'm thinking you about to tell me he outran your angle. Oh, you got knocked out. I got knocked out. And he, he just, but he hit the, the sideline, took it to the house. Are he going to change gears on 25, you? 25, yeah. But, it, you know, Billy Davis, but I, I, I tell you what, man, if Billy Davis didn't hit me on that side, okay. I would have had Dion. Okay, baby. You. Oh, no, no, you still want to no, no, be a part of the highlight. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, well, look, I'd have been holding that highlight. I'm like, look, you see this shit? I'm going to look, yeah. <laughs> Play that joker all over again. But yeah, man. Dion, no, no doubt, man. I've seen this joker. Uh, I've come here. Dion's too, man. Dion's yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Deceptive. The speed is deceptive. People don't no. know that Dion was. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm with you. He no, it ain't deceptive. It, Dion it, just blazing. Man, it ain't deceptive. It, it looked like it looked. <laughs> 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 that baby rolling. So you guys gotta see Dion as prime. Like uh, the Dion I remember was Redskins and Baltimore Raven Dion. That, that's the that's the one I remember from growing up. Uh, I remember Atlanta Falcons Dion, <laughs> yeah. and the Cowboys Dion. Yeah. Dion was my favorite yeah. NFL player growing up. So, oh heck yeah, he's my favorite. The twenty one, uh, prime, but the Dion, remember those shoes? E, the twenty ones. <laughs> yeah, Dion, that's my guy. 
All right. I, I know uh, we're, time's almost up here with you, Dante, but um, uh, last question before you go. Who would you say is the best return man in the league right now? Probably have to go with Patterson. It's tough right now on returners, man. It's tough. He a big I boy, man. He a big boy with speed. Big boy with speed, good vision. Just peep him. Go watch his highlight reel. And I think he, oh, yeah, he got some nice ones. Yeah. You got the one guy, too, um, the guy from New Orleans. I, I don't know his name. 35. I don't I don't know his number. I don't know his name, but I watched him almost single-handedly beat one team. He had two returns early. Maybe Tampa Bay. Maybe Tampa know. Bay. Just go. I forget his name, but Cordell Patterson is my. I think is the best in the league right now. But look out for that that returner from New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints. Okay. All right. Um, well, get them clubs ready, man. I'm ready to see you. I'm ready to hit that uh, court. Hey, when well, y'all get rid of that snow, I'm gonna be down there to check you <laughs> off again. Ready? Yeah, they are right. <laughs> he got. Hey, he got a nice game, JD. He, <laughs> like, he don't even take it serious. He don't even take it serious. You know, <laughs> that's my issue. I got I, I gotta take it more serious. I'll be having fun. Man. Yeah, dude. It's a good time playing with him, but he's not bad. He's not bad. Is that right? Hey, man, you, you say you live on a, a golf course too, right? He do. No, I live in the middle of Uptown. Oh, okay. Party Central. Oh, I thought you were saying he was out there every day. He'd be out there four or five days a week. I try. <laughs> uh, so you out there long, you better have a game on you. Shoot. You better check you out, man. Seriously. I'm, I'm gonna have to come down there to Dallas, man. Come check it out. Come, come on down here. Meet me down there, JD. It's a good time, man. Meet me down there. Yeah, I'm gonna come down, man. Do a little yard work. You know what I'm saying? Put some divots out there on the course. <laughs> some divots. <laughs> Take a couple of grades. Okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. We I, appreciate I, you coming on, big man. I man, know you man, got money to make. For you, man. Good seeing you. Good seeing you too, JD. Yeah, man. You too, Tate. Definitely, my brother. Sure. It's an honor to meet you, Dante. It's an honor to meet Likewise, you, Marcus. Y'all boys, stay up. E, I see you. You safe now? Yes, sir. They got to throw up the eggs. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go to our first chief concern. It was great having Dante on. Uh, obviously, if you know, if you know me, if you've been watching, if you've been listening to the show, you know that I'm a huge Dante fan. You can see behind me, got the Dante bobblehead there. Um, but so we're gonna go right into it with the uh, kind of the off-season rumors. Um, so far, the biggest move that we've seen uh, this offseason, if you take away the trades, was uh, the Texans going to move J- uh, to release J.J. Watt uh, so he could find his uh, next destination of where he wants to go and uh, maybe finish out his career or sign a one-year deal. But um, if you're J.J. Watt, how enticing would it be to, in, in, to join the Kansas City Chiefs? J.J. Watt has got a $100 million contract that he's already signed to, uh, upon everything else he made before then. At this point, I don't think it's money motivated um, that he's looking for right now. I think he's, he's looking to put a ring on his finger. I think he's willing to take less money to join forces to be on a team that's not just going to get in the playoff, but that's going to play in the Super Bowl. Um, I think he's willing to take less. I don't know that for a fact. I just think he's willing to take less. On top of that, another pick, I wouldn't say pick, but um, player just came out and he's available too for the same situation, you know, Von Miller. Another great pick that we could add to the team. I'm, I'm sure he'd take less, but he's already won a Super Bowl ring, so I don't know if he's willing to take less at this point. Plus, he just came off of an injury, mm-hmm. so he might be looking to capitalize just on his name alone. Uh, but if he's willing to, I see two good choices right there that we can take and, and, man, beef up that defense quick and then just get whatever free agents we can 
uh, to tidy up the offensive line. And uh, as far as weapons-wise, I'm good with what we have as far as tight ends, receivers, uh, and, and running backs. J.D.? Yeah, so, I, I mean, it's, it's really enticing. I mean, it, like he said, like he was talking about, you know, at, at this stage of his career, he's looking for a championship, no doubt about it. And so when, you, when you're thinking about the teams that have an ability <clears throat> to win a championship now, I know he, he was getting courted a lot by Cleveland Browns, right? Cleveland, um, up and coming, you know, team, no doubt about it. Uh, but Kansas City, I know he's talking about his brother. But if I'm looking at it, you have a team that was in the Super Bowl, has been in the Super Bowl the last two years, okay? At the potential, the last three, knowing you're keeping the offense, have key opponents uh, that that's still components that's in the, uh, the offense and defense, and add you to it, to the fire. I mean, like you said, if you if you just strengthen that defense, and that's exactly what you need. I mean, I, I would be out there hard right now, like, look, JJ, look, we done been in a we've been in two Super Bowls the last two years. So you know what we have here. We have you in here. There's no doubt we'll win as we'll win Super Bowls as long as you're here. As long as you want to play, we'll bring you in and keep winning Super Bowls with you in here. And and just just his element as far as like what he would do in the locker room, okay, his leadership. So it wouldn't necessarily have to be on uh, uh, Matthew as much. It could be on him too, a veteran player coming in, teaching guys how to be, how to work, how to get out there. And so just teaching the young guys, that element of it as well. So, man, I, I, I would, that would at least be my first priority. Uh, and, and I would have had to go after him as hard. I don't care who is, is Courtney. I would make sure, like, look, nobody else could, could give you kind of the guarantee somebody else would. The Browns? Yeah, they may get there. I don't know. They, you know, they made it to the playoffs this year. The first time in like what 20 years? But look, Super Bowl, two Super Bowls already. So, you know, make your choice, make your pick. But we need you. We want you. We love to have you. All you're gonna do is just make us better. So yeah. I mean, you can't, it's hard to go wrong when you know you got the key player that's gonna get you to the Super Bowl. And that's Patrick Mahomes, whether you're offensive defense, right? You know, just playing alongside or playing on a team with him, he's gonna get you there. It's just a matter. And on top of that, we may not need you for a lot of games, so you can rest. You don't have to play every game. Don't need you for a lot of plays. Not to just say that, say he's fragile, but he's been hurt a lot during his career. So we don't have to play you every every game, every down. We got Chris Jones, who's a, who's a great uh, defensive tackle for us, but to pair you up with him, man, that just offers so much more of a, of a, of a, of a barrier to where you can't, you, you can't go up the middle. You know, and Chris is already in your face as it is, and to have JJ uh, partner with him, and that's just the force that, that that could be, you know, easily getting us a few few more Super Bowl rings uh, within the year. So uh, maybe if he, he he comes here, he could be the key piece that we need. Yeah. And then we got we're back in the discussions of can Patrick catch up to Brady? Mm-hmm. So never know. So, I mean, but he, like you said, he brings uh, the element of being a run stop. I mean, just like you said, taking, you know, Chris from being double team, double and triple team. I see had three guys on Chris sometimes trying to fight. And so if you if you sign Chris, you want to keep him, you know, as healthy as you can. Like you said, he take a lot of hits off of him as well. You know, J.J. had to come in and play, like you said, 60 plays a game. Man, let him come and do, you know, 25, 30, and just make those, those 30 plays come in with, with the type of uh, intensity that he always brings to the game anyway. And so yeah. I don't care people talking about how, how washed up he is. Look, if you got him on a play count, coming in and let him just know, look, I got 30 plays I need to come in and just wreak havoc, game changer. Game yeah, changer. 
Yeah, and, and with that, it kind of leads us to our next one. That both, both the first two concerns were kind of tied together. Uh, on the same subject of D linemen, uh, the Athletics' Nate Taylor reported yesterday that the Chiefs are fully expected to pursue an upgrade at the defensive end position opposite Frank Clark. Uh, the potential guys whose names were obviously J.J. Watt, uh, the, the Chiefs' Twitter's throwing these around. You mentioned Von Miller. There's some ties there. Uh, Derek Thomas was his favorite player growing up. He, he wore number 58 for Derek Thomas. Um, and then a little blast from the past year's Justin Houston, who's now a free agent. Um, some people think it maybe maybe comes home, comes back to, to win a ring. Um, and also veteran minimum uh, kind of guy. Uh, well, he could probably get big, bigger money, but if he wants to come back to Kansas City to win a ring. Of those three guys, which one kind of stands out to you as far as just a better fit overall? To me right now, I'm going to go with, J.J. Watt, because I think because Von Miller's already won a ring, he's been help, he's been hurt. He set up the whole uh, season last year. He's looking to capitalize on what he can get. So chasing a ring is not really an issue for him. J.J. doesn't have a ring. Yes, it's it's uh, it's sexy. Oh, I won't say sexy, but it's uh, it's good to look at the go and say, hey, I, I can play alongside my brother at Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh isn't going to get past Kansas City. So that's, you know, you, you already know that. Uh, so why even go there and, and, and uh, you know, bruise, uh, beat up your body more uh, just to play alongside your brother? I mean, maybe that's what he's looking out for. But I figure at 10 years in, uh, a ring will kind of cap- uh, uh, solidify your position as to what you've done in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I even like the other pick that Bud DePriest will be available. Now, the, the bad part about that, Bud is going to capitalize. He's a young guy. He about to get paid. So I don't think we got it. What's, we got uh, enough in the bank to take care of him. So uh, that was out of the issue. Now, Justin Houston, I don't know what he did last year, how much uh, uh, how much uh, of a force he was. I think he was with the Colts, right? Yeah. Um, but they had, a, they had a great defense. Uh, so I don't know what he has left in the tank. I just didn't pay much attention to his, his, uh, his year with the Colts. So uh, to me, you go out there and give J.J. Watts like, like – uh, Jason said 30, 30 snaps a game. You got you got you a great player. I believe the last two years uh, before JD, uh, the last two years uh, Justin Houston had I think eighteen or nineteen sacks over the last two years. It's not bad production. No. Uh, so now I'm, I'm thinking about it. E as far as shoot, could could you get two guys in? Is it something? <laughs> try to court. Hey, why, why not go for the whole? <laughs> you know try, try to get J.J. Watt and then Justin Houston. So I, I'm like you. I think J.J. fits better in, in the scheme of things of what we're trying to do. Von Miller, you know, of course, being in the same division, you know, that loyalty they had to play against is, it had to factor in as well. So I, I don't think, you know, there's a lot goes into that, man. So we, you know, we there's emotional stakes in these things, too, as, as players. You know, we just not robots. Money is great, but also, too, we understand, like, man, you know, there's some things there. So maybe play outside the division for him is better for him. Uh, and then Justin Houston, loyalty back to the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And play two years outside of that, bring you back, maybe getting for, like you said, less money. If you could get both of those guys in, make it your priority, right? But if you do that, then you gotta say, okay, what are we, what are we gonna lose out on the other end, okay? But if you if you fell up at defense, and I said before when, when Dante was in the segment, look, Defenses win championships, right? 
you, if you got a great defense, you're going to win a championship. You're going to win a Super Bowl when you have a great defense. I mean, you know, the proof is in the pudding. When we look at the stats, what defenses do, I mean, it, that is significant, significant. But J.J. Watts definitely fits better than Von Miller and then Justin Houston. Justin Houston will come back home, just bring him back. Uh, but I would try to, if I could, and I, it's just wishful thinking, to try to court both. Why not? Yeah. All right. Um, so our next concern kind of ties into the whole free agency aspect here. Um, this We kind of brought this up on the show. Uh, I, just, I thought it was funny because Ian Rappaport from NFL Network was uh, he, he actually quote tweeted um, Chase Edmonds' tweet, which I'm about to read, um, saying, oh, I never thought about it. That actually makes a lot of sense. I was like, yeah, we talked about this on the show two weeks ago. But um, So with the salary cap projected to be, I think, $180 million is what I, uh, what I read before we came on the show. Um, it's a drop that they, they, they were supposed to trend to 210, uh, but now it's because of COVID, it's going to go to 180 next year. Um, the players of free agency are already scheming as to how they are going to play the system this year. Arizona Cardinals running back may have kind of alluded to what the players may be thinking this coming uh, off season. He tweeted this free agency is going to be wild. going to be a lot of really good players take one year rentals because, because that salary cap super team type, in my opinion, we're going to, we're going to see though. I, I think so too. And I think people are looking at what NBA is doing and what players are doing. You know, I want to go either team up with buddy of mine. I want to go team up to chase a ring. I want to team up to get away from what you have me, you know, locked into. Um, I, I, for, I think the NBA is changing up a lot of what we see, or what we know because you know, Deshaun Watson is doing the same thing. It's like, I know I'm tied into this contract, but I don't think you guys are helping me help you make us a better team. So I want out. Like I want something different. So you players are trying to opt out now. So it's it's a thing. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's definitely going to be crazy, and, and I do believe it's going to be like one of those years, you know, rentals. And so that's kind of alluding to what we were talking about, like JJ Watts, you know, like I said, Justin Houston, trying to get these guys in for like that one year deal. You know, take less. Yeah, take less. So why not win a championship? And then we'll see where it goes after that, right? Because they're not after all this is over, you know, the COVID, we get a handle on all these things. People can come back to the stadium, money's gonna go up, TV deals and whatnot. And I could just imagine probably what what the NFL did on TV wise, you know, as far as like you know, what they was able to bring in revenue. So uh you're gonna see a lot of that, you know, one year rentals. Um is it going to be, and, and so E, so I guess the difference is, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, the NFL, the number of guys that you got, right, is, is different from the NBA. And then it's like, where, where guys going to, you know, try to go? You know what I'm saying? Is that, you know, because you, you, you ain't going to be able to sign everybody. I don't care. Everybody, sure. hey, look, I want to come over here. And not, look, <laughs> we ain't got enough for your services. I know you're going to try to hit us over here for that one-year deal or, you know, We'll try to take less, but we, we just ain't got it for you right now. Uh, but you also know that they, they can figure out ways, like they can go out, go in there and do what they have been doing to Tom Brady over at, at New England. We know you're supposed to make this amount of money during this season. How about we just give you this chunk up front, cut the, the salary cap down, and just bring somebody else in. So it, it all looks like they're paying you less, but they're just giving you more up front. Right, so right, who's to right. say they, might, they won't go and do that with Patrick? Patrick's like, okay. We can take this guy right now if I take this amount of money and just take it up front instead of over the season uh, just to bring in a certain guy. 
Yeah, or, or backload it, like you said, with Patrick. Yeah. And if you're doing a, you know, the year, 10-year deal, whatever he's doing. But he's going to make his money no matter what. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, you make sure if I, if I cut down this, all this money right here, you better have this check on the, on the back end for me, too. All right? So, no, nah, that makes sense. Defer the money, you know, whatever. Yeah, that, that, that does make sense to bring guys in. I mean, why not? Why not do that? I mean, if, if the ultimate thing is to win the Super Bowl, and like you said, if it, it gets past the point of, you know, winning money or, or getting money, then, yeah. Guess what? Super Bowl. We're talking about legacy. You know, yeah. in his mind, he's like, look, absolutely do it. Yeah, bring JJ in. Shoot, bring Justin Houston in. Can we get both of them? What do I need to do? So I, I don't think he'd be a, a opposed to that whatsoever. Well, even a non-salary cap, like uh, this kind of weird year with like, the salary cap not, not going up as high. When players get to like the kind of the, you know, I mean, I, I guess you got, you guys know when the end of their career is coming, right? I mean, you guys, I mean, you guys already think you guys, you guys are thinking that um, when you guys, when you know, you know, right. But at the end of your careers, are you guys looking for the biggest deal you can get? Or you're like, you know what? I want, I want to get a ring. So I'm going to, I'm going to look for the best opportunity that I can get. Man, everybody's ring. situation is different. You know, there's some guys who sign and have decent careers and that they don't get the, you know, not everybody's going to get a quarterback contract. Not everybody's going to get a, uh, uh, a, a Pro Bowl, either receiver, uh, D-line type of contract. And so if you got an opportunity to get the most money you can, a lot of people are going to do that and, and not be concerned about a ring. Uh, but also when you're in that situation to where you can ask for a certain amount of money, um, and at, at the end of your career, then, yeah, if you haven't accomplished that, I think that that settles more with you. It's like, okay, I've enjoyed my career. I've made a, a, a ton of money. I want a ring. I need something to solidify my, my legacy. So yeah, I can take less. Matter of fact, that was one of the first things that Mike Evans said after they won the Super Bowl. He'll take less so we can keep the team together. Mm. And uh just so they can, you know, try to repeat as as a uh, as champion. So situations are different for everybody. Not everybody gets those hundred million dollar contracts or fifty million dollar signing bonus. So it just it depends on who you are and where you're at in your career. Uh that that uh you make that determination of what you want, uh, go, how you want to go out, either big dollars or peace on your finger. That wasn't a middle finger either. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like you said, man, it is, it's, you know, it's all situational. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, what guys realize, too, is it's a business. And we understand also, too, as well, you know, it depends on what you've done for your career. How will you monetize it after you leave football? So if you're thinking about, well, if I'm trying to set myself or my family up for long term, you know, I got to get this money now. Like for running backs, most running backs are sitting there like, look, I know my shelf life is not that long. OK, running backs will probably last five or six years in the league as far as like trying to get that money. They got that, that short window as opposed to like a tackle or somebody else uh, is, is a little bit different. And so they know they got to make that money right now. So when you see like running backs, unless you're a guy that's been like on the high end making money where it's like money's not really that important to you. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, most running backs, you know, guys like, shoot, money is where it's at. Because I got to take care of myself after football. I have to. I can't keep taking these hits and, and just thinking, well, I did a great thing for, you know, fans and everybody else. They got to think about their family. They got to think about walking around with their kids, their grandkids, you know, trying to set themselves up for wealth, you know, trying to start a business, doing all the other things, you know, generate, you know, more revenue off of what they've done in the league. And so, you know, a lot of goes into that, it, it, you know, factoring in of what you're trying to do. But I know like different, like you said, different situations, different positions 
have a different outlook on how they how they do things business wise. We know it's the NFL, man. It's a business. So your your last play could be the very next play. So you got to think about that too. So guys will you know try to hit you over the head, and and usually like this. He knows this. Usually your first contract is what you play for. Second contract, you kind of you try to get the most you know in that second contract that you can based off what you did the very first three or four years in the league. And hopefully that, that sets you up. And so if you can keep making second contract, maybe third contract, getting something better, but maybe a fourth contract, if you made enough money, you're like, okay, yeah, I could, I don't know, you know, right off in the sunset a little bit. Yeah. Would you say, cause I know like JD, you play fantasy football. I know Eric's not the biggest fantasy fan, but um, as far as like, when you, when you go into a fantasy season, you like things that come up on their bio, it'll be like, oh, it's his contract year. Keep an eye on him. I would draft him second or third round. So would you say there is some legitimacy to that contract year, contract year being a year where suddenly the guy is healthy and he's going to play all 16 games? Is there something to that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, no doubt about it. You know, because you, you got to think about it. When, when, if I know I'm, if I'm putting myself on the line, my body, my life on the line, uh, you want to put it in the right on the line for the right situation. So sometimes certain situations may not be the greatest for you, right? So it, you you look at some of these things like Jalen Ramsey, you know what he went through down in, in Jacksonville, or you see you talk to certain guys like uh, look Le'Veon Bell. Look at him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Didn't quite happen to him while he wanted to. Uh, uh, Melvin Gordon. So you start seeing guys that that yes, they contract here. Are they going to be able to make this? Or are they going to come into camp early? You know what are they going to do? Are they really working out? And so you, you got to factor these things in. And it's just, it's a telltale sign, man, that, that guys are thinking about their future, which you should do, you know, because it is a business. It's like any, any other business that you do, you know, whether you work in real estate, you work at the Capitol or, you know, in the government, uh, in government, whatever you do in the doctor's office, you got to worry about, you know, your, your future. So, you know, do what you can. JD, I mean, not as JD, uh, e, do, do you have any comment on that? on the whole like contract year being like uh, one of those, one of those things where, you know, a guy's going to play his heart out or. No. As a professional athlete, I figure you're going to play your hardest no matter what. Um, now. If I don't know if you're asking if like the sit out part of it or the, how hard you play. Yeah, like if, if, if you're coming into your contract year, right, E, and that's why the way I looked at it, if you come into your contract year and you know, like, maybe if you, you put yourself in jeopardy and they're telling you, like, look, we want you to run the ball, I don't know, 35 times, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you know, when you're coming up for your contract year, it was like, well, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing is 35-4, you know? We're not going anywhere in the playoffs. You know, I'm not getting, you know, you, you're telling me to put all this effort into it and play as hard as I can. But yet, y'all still don't want to pay me. It's going to be my contract here. I'm going to make sure that I'm not I'm not being beat up, just in case I become a free. So it's kind of like the Derrick Henry situation before he got the big contract. Yeah, you know, because he had already proven himself. He knows what he's worth. Um, yet they didn't sign him to the long term contract. I think Ezekiel Elliott has signed his and has set the standard. Yep. And they uh, the next year was Derrick Henry's. Well. Uh, he had an opportunity. Well, he, I, I think it was more so if he, he could set that year out mm -hmm. or not went into camp and he went right in. I'm like, I'm like him. Like, I know, I know what I am. I know what I'm capable of doing. I also know my worth. 
you know, if you're going to pay this running back at his at his uh, statue going, he's doing this amount of money, I know what I'm worth. And as J.D. said, like being a running back, you never know when you'll take that, that hit, make that cut, that could jeopardize your career. So, yeah, you're putting it on the line when yet you haven't gotten the contract, so it's risky. I mean, everything we do is risky when we play football. We don't know what hit's going to be the one that put us out or what injury is going to be the, the injuries uh, that cost us out the rest of our career. So uh, it's tough. And it's just, it's, it's um, uh, to each his own type how you um, handle that. But I, I mean, I like the way he did it. He went out and he proved it and still got the big contract. So, um, and hell, came right back and just still put up 2,000 yards. So, um, all, every situation isn't the same. Every agent isn't the same. So um, it's just a matter of uh, what's what you got going on in your life to where uh, that contract is the utmost important thing or what you do stat-wise to cement your legacy. Um, and and uh, in situations, uh, most people want to, to make sure that they have the best career and uh, a leg greatest legacy going out. But in the long run, heck, you at least want to make sure that you got the contract uh, to set you up for the rest of your life to where you don't have to do anything afterwards. I, I, I'll give you one more. Dak Prescott. I mean, think about Prescott, right? So he was, you know, pretty much looking and trying to get signed a long-term deal with Dallas. Ends up getting hurt. And so now everything is put in jeopardy as far as like what he may earn later on in his, you know, going forth in his career now, right? Because of the injury that he, he sustained for Dallas, not signed a long-term deal. I, I, he, I think he got the short end of the stick, man, in Dallas. I really do. Uh, That's just for Dallas, though. So the thing that I think with Dak, what Dak has done living here, Dak has raised his stock just by not playing because it showed what the team is without him. Now, is another team willing to take a risk because of his injury right. uh, after this? I don't see why not, especially after what Alex Smith has done. So you've seen that that uh, comeback and what he's been able to do. Although he hasn't been the same player since, Dak is a lot younger. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully Dak can come back, do three-fourths of the things that he's did before. But I just think that at some point he's going to get that nice contract. He's, he's way too young, way too talented. Yeah. Now, whether Dallas gives it to him or not, I don't know. All right, well, that brings us to our next chief concern, which is also staying talking about a uh, Texas quarterback. Uh, it's the newest Deshaun Watson rumors. So last week we kind of talked about how the Raiders were seemingly interested in Deshaun Watson, but now another AFC West team is uh, uh, is is involved. It's the Denver Broncos. They've, they're, they're, apparently they're inquired about um, getting his services, and they're trying to look and see what they can do to get him. Um, between the Broncos and the Raiders, which team would you fear more if they uh, got Deshaun Watson playing this team? The Raiders, because they got more pieces. They got an all-pro tight end. They got uh, a great running back, and they have some some good wide receivers. The Raiders have everything they need to win. They just can't get over the hump of the Kansas City Chiefs. Got a, got a, got a pretty good defense. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. But, yeah, the Raiders, without a doubt. If he, if he went to the Broncos, the Broncos are – Young team, he's got a couple of pizza and Broncos, but they, there's a lot of work they got to do. He's going to make them better no matter what. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt but, about it. They, they, they got a long way to go, man. But they won't be Kansas City. Now, they have a chance if he goes to the Raiders to be Kansas City because their tight end is 
just like ours, he's kind of unstoppable, and they got a lot more pieces on offense. So, yeah. Yeah. And this is one thing, J.D., you kind of talked about the running back, the modern-day running back situation last segment. Um, so another rumor, it's not, it has nothing to do with the Chiefs or AFC West at all, but Carolina has said that they would be willing to part with three firsts and Christian McCaffrey to get uh, Deshaun Watson. Now, what do you think about that that trade in general um, for Carolina and for the Houston aspect of that? Jeez. <laughs> hey, my opinion, man, McCaffrey's a beast. I don't care what – he's proven himself each year against every defense, and the only thing right now that's hurting him is, is durability. Um, and that just happened with this past season. I think every other season he's, he's, he's played – the entire year. So this might be his first year that he's uh, had to sit out so many games, but dude's a great player. I've, I've watched him since he came in and whether he's running the ball out of the backfield or catching it, he's a all around all purpose uh, player. Now, is he going to change the dynamics of a team the way Deshaun Watson? I don't think so. Uh, but will I be willing to give up that much? I don't think so either. Shoot, hey, look, I tell him, look, if you, if you put a deal like that, I'm take it. <laughs> hey, thank you. Yeah, you got a deal. What I sign. Yeah, man, I mean, look, look, Christian McCaffrey's dynamic, but to give up all of that, ooh, man, you, yo, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's yeah. A lot. It's a lot. I, I don't see it. I don't, you know, I ought to ask somebody, what are you smoking? Who, who made you it? Who, who, who did that? Who asked for that? No, no, no. Carolina. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Well, I mean, if you, if you look at the logic, I mean, I, I get the logic behind it is so the, McCaffrey's pretty much gone most of this year. They, I think they they lost like eight or nine games within eight eight or nine points or something like that. And they had Teddy Bridgewater. They had Mike Davis. They're saying, dude, we have DJ Moore, we have Robbie Anderson, we have Curtis Samuel, and we can put we can put any running back back there with Deshaun right. Watson, and we can win. Right. That's their logic. But I just think it's you don't usually see the NFL trading first round picks like you do the NBA. No, that's. No, that dude came back and there was a significant change in their offense uh, with, with Bridgewater. He goes out, things fall apart again. So he's a difference maker when it comes to uh, them being a successful team. Yeah, well, and, and so if you have, so Mike Davis, uh, uh, they got Anderson on the outside, they got a decent tight end. They, they got some pieces in Carolina. Plus, you know, decent defense. Like you said, it, they, it was only a few games, right? That they lost by a, a few points, so they're always like that team that's that's right there. They're always right there. And if, if you you get shoot a guy like that in, uh, Sean. I Mann. mean, even with Bridgewater, he hadn't had a whole lot of experience. He had backed up. He came in for half a season with Breeze out. He got hurt. So you give him a full season to get his, you know, yeah, but his he, his, he, his stuff built up. He he might be a better playmaker than what you expected. But but look, he he's been hurt twice, right? So he got he got injured up in uh, Minnesota. You know, which is a terrible injury, uh, and I remember him over playing over here, Louisville. That's why you know Bridgewater. You know, I used to yeah. Him there. Uh, and then of course, you know, he gets hurt. You know, last year, so he's he's had two injuries, and you're like, man, can we? You know, a guy that's hobbling out there. You know, he can't really do like he used to do. What what made him great was his escapability. You know, what he was able to do with his legs and his arm. And now all of a sudden, you take one element away from him. Not saying he don't have a good arm, but I'm, a lot of people talk about how his arm is just so so, mm -hmm. and I agree with that. He, he's probably middle of the rung, you know, as far as quarterbacks, uh, uh, arm wise. 
So you, you want a guy who's young, who got legs, who can, you know, make plays, make things happen. That's what they're looking for. They look at, you know what, E? They look for another Cam Newton. Cam just left, you know, stop looking like everybody's grandmother, and they need somebody at least got somebody got some sense, you know, to come in. It's not on the So my, my take on that, I don't want to take too much away from Cam. You know, Carolina had one of the top three defenses when they went yeah. to the Super Bowl. Right, right. When they had uh, Kinkley, Davis, and the boys on the D-line, they had a, they had a bad defense. So uh, it wasn't a whole lot of scoring on them. And, and Cam did what Cam needed to do. So uh, I think that's the thing with <coughs> – so my opinion on Cam is a lot different than everybody else. I'm not, I don't want to hate on Cam. I just don't think he's that, I just don't think he's that passer of a that, that, that passer-type quarterback that's going to get you where you – not even into the playoffs. And so I think he averaged maybe 150 yards, maybe 150 yards a game throughout this entire season. I know people are saying he doesn't have the tools. Man, everybody's a professional athlete. You as a quarterback is going to make that dude better than if you were better, if you're a pretty good quarterback. So, and we kept them and we sit there and talk about how Tom Brady went through these years and made these guys, all these, these receivers better than what they really were. I'm not saying that uh, Cam Newton's anywhere close to Tom Brady, but you just see that as a better playmaker uh, and better vision, as a quarterback, you can make those guys either what they are or better than what they are. Now, granted, yeah, they're professional athletes also. All right. Let, let, me, let me say this, okay? All right. And I know this is the Chiefs' concerns, but I'm, I'm going to talk about this real quick. All right. The notion that Tom Brady didn't have, he made these receivers, okay? Let's joke ahead. Troy Brown, Deion Branch, uh, you know, he, he, we're talking about the later part. So when he was with Edelman and Edelman. Hoven, is it Hoven? Oh, I, think, yeah. I think it was Hoven. Uh, Chris Hogan yeah. is now a lacrosse player. He went to the professional lacrosse league last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Madola. Look, he, he's had a, a, a look, he's had guys around him. He's, he's had a running game. Plus, he had a top one of the top defenses, man. His, his first, I think, four or five Super Bowls he's won. I mean, we, we can't get past this. I, I don't know what okay. Look, I'm not taking away from Tom Brady being great. I'm not taking away from it. But please, I, I hate when people talk about, like, he just – he ain't make no receivers up there. Man, he, look, the jokers he had up there uh, – look, Randy Moss. Are you kidding me? They didn't win. Look, E, you could have played they quarterback. They didn't win. Huh? <laughs> they didn't <laughs> win. E, you could have been back there slugging the ball up there. Still, <laughs> they didn't win with Randy Moss. I get it. I get who you're talking about with the type of athletes that he's had. But still, even with the best receivers that he's gotten, they didn't win it in New England when they, when they had a big name receiver, except for Troy Brown and Branch. Outside of that, none of those – Chad Ocho Single didn't win one there. Uh, Randy didn't win one there. Uh, who else are the, the big name guys that have come in? Wes Welker. Welker, but, again, slot receiver. Yeah. That's not – he's not a, he's not a number one. System. That's a system, though. It's system. Okay, it is the system. Cam Newton didn't fit in because Cam did, did wasn't that type of a, a passing quarterback. Right, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. T totally different. Look, you, you bring a guy in, you know, he, he's he's, and you got to fit a guy into the system. I, I agree with that. You got to build around the guy what he does best, you know, and try to do that. Right, you got to you know exude his his talents. But look, uh, I, you know, I, I know it's a knock. You know, it's good. Of, we can go to the next subject. I know. Yeah, let's go ahead because we can talk about this all, all day. <laughs> all right. 
Well, to the, the, the whole Deshaun Watson going to uh, Carolina's last thing, um, it's going back to the Carolinas where, you know, he went to, went to Clemson. So he's going back to, he's going back home essentially um, kind of, so that was also uh, another thing uh, with it. That ain't got nothing to do with it. He's trying to get on a team to get a Super Bowl. If Carolina didn't have the pieces, there's no reason he's going to go there. Yeah. No, no, I agree. And, I, and, and the whole thing with him going to the AFC West for us to have it played Justin Herbert two times a year, then playing Deshaun Watson two times a year. I mean, we we went from you know having breaks these three these three games. Now we're going to have to play Herbert and uh, and Deshaun Watson back to back. And I don't even think he wants that. I think he wants the NFC to where it's going to be potentially him and Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I think he wants the NFC team. Interesting. So you you think there's something to uh, Carolina? You, you think that that's a possibility? Carolina? Yeah. No, I think he wants. I think if it's an NFC team, wherever I don't know. I don't think he wants to face Mahomes throughout the season and then have the potential of not getting into the play uh, Super Bowl because of the battle in the AFC. Uh, I see San Fran might be a potential team. You know, you got Kittles over there that's unstoppable. You got a couple of pieces there that are really good. Ebo uh, Samuels. And, huh? Ebo Samuels. Exactly. So Carolina's, a, not Carolina, San Fran's a great pick. Uh, and, you know, all the amount of money that you're giving uh, Garoppolo almost – switching contracts out with a little bit more with Deshaun. So if that's the fit for him, I don't know. I just think he wants to be on an NFC team, potential him and Patrick Super Bowl. Yeah. I think the only thing with that would be the division. You're going to, you're playing Russell Wilson two times a year and you're playing Matt Stafford two times. You're in that division. That's a, that's just a, that's a tough division overall. Easier, easier battle is with those two than it is to go against Patrick. Yeah. Already proven. So when they're giving that up, take the deal. Take the deal. Oh, yeah. Rounders and, and take it. <laughs> <laughs> real. Yeah, it would be smart for Houston to do the CMC deal if, if that is legit, that, that rumor. Um, ESPN reported it yesterday. You know, J.J. Watt's gone. If Watson would be gone, you get CMC. Another guy, you know, to, to market and put out there, you know. Yeah. be fun for them. All right, guys, so our final segment tonight before we end the show is our Chief Kingdom's Concern segment. But this time, we're going to go hear from our, some of our Chief Kingdom uh, members out there from uh, Twitter. And we got a little, uh, they're going to join us right now to ask our guys some questions. What's up, my man? What's going on? I see the weather didn't affect you down there. You still got power? Oh, heck yeah. No, I, I got, I've had power all week. I've had people coming over to my house. Where are you at? Here in Lexington, Kentucky. I know oh, these okay, guys. Okay. These guys right here, I do know. These, these guys, what's up? <laughs> yeah, oh, look, it, it's Dunn. Yeah. It, it is Professor Dunn. <laughs> My guys what's, 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 your, what's your son's name? This is Noah in the background. He's going to be playing for the Chiefs one day. Ooh, yeah. all right. What's up, Noah? What's going on? What's up, Coach? How you doing? This one of the guys I used to coach. Yeah. Right. Not this, yeah, hey, athlete. You can do whatever you ask him to do, he can do it. Yeah. Well, what position do you like the most? I like running back and safety. Okay. Eric, safety? That was you back in the day. Yeah, man. That was for a while. <laughs> now, Noah, tell us how JD was as a coach. Was he was he uh was he a ball buster or was he was he was he a good dude? Man, he was he was good, but he definitely pushed you as hard as you can. No was you could no was never the right answer. It was always either you do it or you don't. <laughs> 
Thank you for making me look good, Noah. <laughs> I was about to say, you ain't got to try to make him look good. But, see, but, here's, but then the truth is, is that they would say practice would be over at six. <laughs> and then Dunn would call him over to the end zone and it would be a 45 minute conversation after practice was over with about all the things they needed to improve upon. Well, first was the sprints. Practice would end at six, then there'd be sprints and then the conference. Yeah. I hate those type of coaches. Nah. Hey, can't, hey, can't, li can't, coach, can't live by the schedule. Schedule says we're done at six o'clock. <laughs> Hey, but hey, that's the reason we was one of the best teams in the city. Tell them that, no. Yeah, that's the reason we didn't lose. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so what, in, how many years you do it, JD? So I coached uh, over for them for two years, just Clark Middle. I was at Lafayette when I first started, when I first got out. And then I coached in uh, uh, Kentucky State uh, and, uh, for four years. So, gotcha. yeah, I, I tell you what, I will say this. Coaching them, man, I had so much fun, and, and I, I just loved being around them. Now, I, I, when I left Kentucky State, man, I was a little bitter because the way we got let go, and then when I came in, in, into coaching them, man, it, took, it was a real honor because they just invigorated me as far as a coach and just feeling like the the, the organic part of the game, you know, yeah. what they gave you, man, it, just the energy of it. I, I used to love just seeing them guys every single day. So how old are you, Noah? I'm 16. Okay. You you play all sports or just football? I mean, I've tried out all sports, but then when I got to middle school, I just kind of started to stick with football. Okay. I played, well, I played football in like for two years in elementary school <coughs> and then I quit. And then I started back again in sixth grade, but then really started getting into it in eighth grade. And that's when I just kind of picked up. Or so kind of in Kentucky, you're, you're a Chiefs fan? Well, I, I'm kind of like, I'm a fan of whoever. I just like watching football, but I used to play for, I used to play for the Chiefs when I was like in Little League. So we've just kind of stuck with them ever since I was in like third grade. So we're going to win them over. So it's, so you're a Chiefs fan, then, Craig? Yeah, yeah. yeah since JD was there or was it before JD? Yeah, it was before him, um, you know, going going a little bit further. But well, I don't I don't know if he was there in or to see. Dunn and I are about the same age. I think I might be just a little bit older than him. I'm not exactly sure. But um, going back over, I used to follow players around. And when Montana came over, you know, just watching him and everything that he was doing, uh, him and Tony Gonzalez and, you know, everybody. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's – that's Joe Montana's looking before me. I, I got there the year after he left. Yeah. So – you yeah. you'll, you'll enjoy it on, on this segment. We had a Dante Hall on here for about oh. 15, 20 minutes, you know, just a little bit before you all. So it, it, y'all really enjoy it. So no, you, you go back and check this out. One of the, the best returners in the game uh, with, uh, with, with Dante Hall, man. And, and as a football guy, you got to go and watch what he, what he, what he did out there on the field. Noah yeah. has no clue who it is. Huh? I, I'm sure he knows. Do you know who it's Dante is? Dante familiar. So See, he's, he's to, young. <laughs> I know he's young, man. The X Factor. He was he was a called the human joystick. <laughs> actually, what they call it. And you know, it, and when I'm talking about it, used to make people miss in a phone booth, that's who Dante Hall. That's what was he it was he a receiver? He was yep. also a receiver. Was yeah. he number 82? Yep. Yeah, you know, yeah, there you go. You know, okay. Yeah. okay. 
למי שאמר, weightlifting and he was weighing himself he was trying he's trying to put on some weight because he's wanting to play a little bit of defense now and he he's put on what how much how much weight did you put on like 15 pounds about 15 pounds of muscle weight so he's doing pretty good how much you weighing over like 165 right now i came out of high school weighing 170 uh going went to nebraska and my entire first year i was eating that's when we had discount. You get a piece for five bucks. Yeah. I was eating a pizza almost every single night because I couldn't put on weight. And it would, I'm talking about every single night at midnight, I try to eat a pizza. I eat every meal that we got at the training table. And for some reason, I could not put on weight. Yeah, Just that's how I, I can go down and eat an entire meal and I'll burn it off and lose all the weight just walking yep. down the stairs. But I saw this thing, I think it was a while ago on Instagram. It was like how Marquise Brown gained 15 pounds by, I think he said that he had, he did like four meals a day, but in between he would make sure to do like snacks and he would just eat like a spoonful of peanut butter and like a banana. And like, it was a bunch of, like, I think I saved it. Protein so I could like, stuff, yeah. yeah, I think I saved yeah, it so I could, you know, follow it, but. Garlic tar, somebody's gonna stay, you know, stick to you. Yeah, peanut butter is one of the great things. Oatmeal is another thing that's good, you know. But always eating in between, like you said, the meals, man, is, is gonna do it. It's gonna put the weight on you if you want. Yeah, I eat uh, for breakfast most days. I eat oatmeal and eggs mm. with, and then I cut up a banana and put it in there. So, oh, raw egg? No, well, no, 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 <laughs> I just scramble them and then eat them. I don't use like cheese or anything or like salt pepper. I just eat them. I just straight egg. Okay. Uh, JD and Eric, for for a young buck, I was I was in Noah's shoes uh, when, when I was in high school and stuff. You know, trying to get trying to bulk up, and you know, I have a fast metabolism like um, like uh, I guess Eric and Noah uh, did um, or do. But um, did you guys take supplements when you guys were in high school? Like I know like supplements is a big thing nowadays, but when you guys were in high school was taking creatine, nitric oxide. We did that in college. It was a college thing. Yeah. So I, I, I had heard about, I think we had a couple of guys in high school that probably use steroids of which I would never say to use. Um, and we even had a few in college from what I understand. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've always been scared of, putting anything in my body that wasn't natural so um I, I i don't if i can't go out there and be myself naturally and uh have i gotta put something in my body that i don't know what's gonna what it's gonna do to me uh then yeah i, I never took those chances i, I tell you what now it we didn't do supplements in high school and even even in college didn't really do supplements uh and to be honest with you i didn't really hear about creatine until i was coming out you know i went to eku so when we the things we were doing, like he was saying, eating a $5 pizza, but also too, you know, 
everybody's we're getting our meal. We're getting our meal at the uh, at the training table. So, you know, you get about four meals a day if you could, but also in between to eating as much as you could as possible. But that that putting the, the weight on you, that's that's got to be weight room too, man. You got, I mean, that's where you're gonna put the muscle and stuff on is is in the weight room. So yeah, it's a lot of. I was, I think, um, one of my friends and one of my coaches had recommended creatine to me. And I'd never really heard of it. And um, I think like we ended up getting it, but I never, I could never like, like, I don't know why every time I would work out, I would just never like use it. I would just kind of like get home and like have my shake or whatever. And then I would just never put it in there. So I don't really, I've really had experience with it. Like it's there, but I've never really had experience uh, with it. So I don't know if it works or not. So I, I'll tell you this, and we'll, we'll talk about this on, on, on a different day, but creatine is something that you produce naturally. Uh, I know you're too young to start doing creatine now. So I, I don't know who suggested that to you, but I, I wouldn't do it at this moment because you don't, you definitely don't need it, right? So what ends up happening is like any other thing that you produce naturally, when you start taking it, you won't produce it naturally like you should. And so that's part of the, the drawback of it. Also too, they was talking about creatine, what it does like to your muscles and the cramps and whatnot, man. So you, I, I know you're a, you're a lean guy and taking these things, man, look, you're, and sometimes people do creatine, and here's here's the difference, because dudes do creatine to get bigger and bulk up, but they're not athletes. That's the difference. They're not football players. And so some of these guys are just gym guys, gym rats. You ain't trying to be a bodybuilder. You try to be a football player. And you got to be uh, uh, pliable with your muscles. You know, it, all those things, man, come into it. And so when I, when I talk about man, your your athleticism, Noah, uh, those things like that, you you don't want to to harm in any, any other type of way or hinder. So creatine is, is, is something I wouldn't do right now. Not at all. I'm too young for it. So I, yeah. I just, sometimes you gotta, and you'll watch it and we'll talk about this. Uh, some of the sources, you gotta, you gotta check your source about who you're getting this from and, and what, what they are trying to do with their lives and what they're suggesting it's for. Because every, every guy that's out here saying this don't quite know nutrition like they should, you know what I mean? So yeah, this the creatine, stay away from that when you're young. You don't need it, not at all. Yeah, cool. I'll keep that in mind. I'll, 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 I'll keep like just setting up there. I won't look at it. No more. Hey, <laughs> hey, call me. Y'all got my number. Call me. So y'all, y'all know y'all, y'all can talk to me anytime y'all want to. Right? We, we need to have a conversation. So <laughs> these two guys know how to take care of their bodies. All right, these guys were some of the best. <laughs> um, but Noah Craig, you know, uh, do you guys have any questions for these two? Uh, or, or, regarding the off-season rumors uh, or anything about the Chiefs related you guys go ahead the floor is yours you brought up a you brought up an interesting question about you know Mahomes and his his future or what he's considered as his legacy oh like if so I saw on ESPN everywhere like do you guys think that since Mahomes didn't win the Super Bowl against Tom Brady that like knocks him off from ever being able to be considered like the GOAT because, like, everybody was saying that, like, from his first two seasons that he could potentially be um, the GOAT. But then I think it was, like, Stephen A. Smith said that if he didn't beat Tom Brady, then that was not a chance for that to happen. I still think he's got a chance because he's so young. He's already got one. Um, he's kind of made his mark on what he is as a quarterback. And he's, he's got a lot more potential. Um in his uh in his bag so quarterbacks don't play against each other so i hate the fact that people say that oh tom brady beat patrick or patrick beat tom brady you know 
quarterbacks go against the defense. And now they, the numbers that they put up is just a, a significance of what kind of talent that they are and what they've done against these teams. Um, so I hate when people say that Tom Brady beat Patrick because that's not really how it is. The Tampa Bay beat the Chiefs, you know, and Patrick went out and played a great, I wouldn't say a great game, but he played a pretty good game. He just didn't have the, the full team support. You know, he's running for his life majority of the time. And at the moment, um, I think that if we, if we were healthy, granted, can't look back on what, what you did, it would have been a different outcome. We had our, our, our guys all playing in that game. Um, but we get to rebuild next year. I think we beef up the defense. I think we uh, beef up the offensive line. And depending on what happens free agency-wise, depends, depends on what happens injury-wise, barring that nobody gets hurt, I think that he can have a, a, a run of two or three more championships and potentially a few more after that. So I think he has a chance to – uh, catch and pass him, but you know that's just me being a, a Chiefs player and a Chiefs fan too. Yeah, I agree with that. So you think that that was one of my questions: is what if you had to make any acquisitions or any type of trades? What area of the team would you focus on? You said it right there with the offensive line. Do you think that that should be a main focus, or do you think that, that should be number speed? one? Okay. I mean, because what, what, we don't need any we don't need anybody on the offense except. We got two good running backs. I think Bell, C.E.H., uh, and Williams are pretty pretty good running backs. But we're not a running team either. Uh, Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the game. Tariq Hill, one of the best receivers in the game. With those two alone, you can put any other receivers around them. They're going to be successful because um, you can't really go out and stop those two guys, although they did for the Super Bowl game. Uh, so beef up the offensive line. Uh, take care of what we need there have a, a solid backup going into the season also uh, and add some more help onto the defensive line to put more pressure on quarterbacks. Think we could get J.J. Watt? Take him. That's the first, that's the main topic of our conversation tonight, is trying to get J.J. Watt. Yeah. 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 So, yeah I think if you do that, uh, you, without a doubt, uh, it's just going to be a, a much better team overall. Uh, but without a doubt, you have to – Kind of going back to Noah's question, you know, because Patrick is so young, you know, he has another 15 years. If he plays as long as Tom does, he'll, he'll definitely have a chance to do it. And, and it's all about keeping those core group of guys together. Like he said, man, you, you're going to have talent around him. I don't care who you are, who he's throwing to, you know, his arms going to be able to get guys open. You know, he's going to throw guys open. And so he, his talent alone, you got to protect that, right, Craig? I mean, that's one thing you have to do. You got to put people around to protect that money. So, you know, get a good tackle. Somebody protect his backside and his front side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's definitely going to be key. No doubt about it. And you got you got to run the football. I think now they realize how important having an effective running uh, a running game is against a team like like they, did, they just went through. And if you don't have a great, a great running game, man, you're always going to be susceptible to these type of deals, you know, dealing with this. So that's what we said during the Super Bowl. We both looked at each other and said that right now the you know the the Bucks didn't fear the running game. They covered all of their receivers and they covered their short game, but they didn't fear the running game. And if you bumped up that line and you could get that running game included, then you're going to pull that defense in and open up your field. So that's right. 
Maybe I should be a coach. <laughs> Craig, who would you who would you go for in the, in this in this offseason? Well, I definitely would would look at JJ Watt. Um, I think that even with injuries and things, I think that he is a true just beast of a talent. Um, I think he's somebody that I that I would definitely look at. I got to be very honest with you. I don't know any. I don't know enough about the free agency or or who to look at, but I do agree that there's two sides of him uh, on on Patrick Mahomes' offensive line. We need to go after somebody that can protect his left. I think for some reason his left, if I'm remembering it correctly, was a weak side for him. So I think somebody that could get up there and protect his left. But you pull somebody in that can play on the line on defense you're going to get that, you know, that offense back out on the field and be able to score more points. True. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Craig, Noah, thanks for coming on, guys. Really appreciate it. Really love the uh, – uh, we got the full realm of, high, uh, of football, high school and NFL and that, all that stuff. So, thank you guys for coming on. It was really cool. Hey, thank you for having us. Keep an eye out for thanks, this. Thanks, guys. going places. Good thanks. luck to you, Noah. Good luck, buddy. Thank you. Look, Noah, give me a call. Call me. Y'all call me. All right. <laughs> All right. I will. All right. See, See you guys. That was cool. So, uh, JD, I, you know, I, you, you're the coach who kept us after practice. You know, I, I, yeah. well, it, not the, not always a fan favorite there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well you're probably the favorite that when you're like, ah, no sprints today, guys. <laughs> well, sometimes I would do that. It depends on how hard they work to practice, you know. Right. But then also, too, like if, if I kept them like 10 or 15 minutes after, because uh, sometimes just in practice, you not you can't get everything done like you want to, and so uh, that's that I always try to emphasize that. I was like, "What's another ten or fifteen minutes, right? Work on your craft even more for ten to fifteen minutes." And so sometimes with certain kids who didn't get the work that they needed after practice would be the ideal time to do it. But that guy, uh, Noah, was was one of our studs, man, on the team. I'm talking about running back, uh, safety corner. I mean, he, he, he can do it. And he, he, when I'm talking about make people miss, he has that his capability as well. So he should. You, you check him out, man. He's going to go D1, no doubt about it. So That's nice. Awesome. Yeah, he's good. Uh, for, for our punishments, were you uh, – for a coach, were you uh, more of an up-down guy or are you more of a sprint sprint guy for punishment? Depend on the punishment. Depend on the, uh, uh, the offense. <laughs> so, you know, if it was something that, that warranted, you know, sprints – do it real quick. Hey, man, go ahead and do his sprints. Get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want to see you again. <laughs> or if it was like something up, down, oh, girl rose. Oh, yeah. If I had to keep you after practice for like 25 minutes, you had to do something significantly. You know, <laughs> So, yeah. All right. All right, guys. Well, that does it. It was a great show. A nice, well-rounded show. We got a little bit of everything. Um, with Dante coming on, it was amazing. You know, that's uh, one of my guys. You can't see it, but... Uh, right in that picture over here, that top right picture right there, that's uh, a picture of Dante Hall. It was a stenciled picture that my brother got for me for uh, for Christmas a couple of years ago. So um, it, it, it's, it's awesome. I'm always talking to you guys about Chiefs and everything. And I'm serious when I say I'm starstruck every week with you guys. So, And you guys have kind of gotten me out of this, uh, you know, being less starstruck. I'm with you guys all the time. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm not one of you guys, but, you know, I'm with you guys. So, yeah, you guys vouch for me. So it makes me feel good. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. So next week we're going to continue the let's talk about the off season and uh, and obviously a, a, as every week goes, we start to see more rumors and stuff. So we'll continue to talk about that. And then 
we're going to try to get more people from the Chiefs Kingdom to, Kingdom to come on and speak to us and ask questions like we saw with Craig and Noah tonight. So, as always, if anyone in Chiefs Kingdom has any concerns for these guys, please tweet at us at, at @concernschief and please subscribe and follow Chief Concerns on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Gentlemen, always a good show. Have a good one, gentlemen. Wait a minute. All right, man. Y'all stay safe. Yes, All sir. Right. You stay too. Warm. Stay okay. warm out there. All right, for sure. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.